beautiful strokes of God's story. Hello and welcome to our podcast, Some Assembly Required, over here at Waynefleet BIC Church, where we discuss life through the lens of our Anabaptist roots. My name is Julie Adams and I'm your host today, and I am joined today by our special guest, Alan Gallant. Welcome, Alan. We're so glad to have you here. It's great to be here. Thank you. Yes, and Pastor Trevor Main. Welcome, Pastor Trevor. It's wonderful to be back together with all of you today, with Julie and with Alan and all of our our guests. Yes, Uh, we're glad you're here. And we um, had the privilege of hearing from Alan and your lovely wife, Bonnie, yesterday um, during the service with a very timely message on um, mental health. mm. So we appreciate you coming and blessing us with with your words and your story. And we're glad that you could be here. Yeah, we were thrilled that it worked out to have you join us, Alan, during this month of June, because the theme of our church that we're focusing on for this month is living in wholeness. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it seems that the subject of mental health is one that doesn't get openly addressed mm-hmm. in churches. And that's something that we're working to change here at Wayne Fleet. And it seems like it's something that you and Bonnie are passionate about as well. And I wonder, why is that? Why are you so passionate about this subject? And what's your story? Sure. Thank you so much. Um, I'm passionate about a lot of things. (laughs) But uh, why I'm passionate about mental wellness or mental health is because in my life, uh, number one, I never heard any church in my growing up years or in my ministry that really focused on mental health Mm -hmm. issues at all. And when I was a pastor, I didn't really understand it and didn't want to because I thought everything was spiritual. Why do you think we don't talk about mental health in general and in the church? Yeah, because there's a mark of disgrace mm. about mental health and uh, it's called stigma, right? Yes. And so uh, that's why uh, many churches don't want to talk about it because they're scared of this topic. Uh, they don't know enough about it and they don't know how to help people. Mm -hmm. So in my situation, when I was growing up and then in ministry, um, I was suffering with depression and anxiety and a lot of fear in my life. And I thought, "Mm, maybe everybody feels this, you know, because the weight of ministry can be very huge. Um, And we have five kids. Just that alone will stress anybody, you know. <laughs> but we had, uh, you know, we had good and bad uh, things in our ministry and our, our family, just like normal people. Uh, and But um, I didn't take care of myself. Mm. So I allowed the thoughts and the feelings and my reactions to hurt, trauma, just uh, to run wild. But I hid it all. So I suppressed all of my feelings. And uh, so uh, when 2017 came on July 17th, I was battling deeply. I was on my way to um, forget everything about ministry. I was, I was uh, mad at God. Mm-hmm. I was mad at the church. I was walking away from everything because I was done. My mind was just made up. And I thought that will be a easy answer to what was going on in my life. 
Anyway, that day I had a major stroke. And uh, so the stroke left me with a paralysis in my voice. And I shared this uh, on Sunday to your people that sometimes I sound French. <laughs> uh, yes. I have a French-Canadian accent, but it's, it's the stroke. I have uh, aphasia. And aphasia is a communication uh, disconnect from the brain to my speech. Anyway, I recovered very well from the stroke. Mm -hmm. But then the mental uh, health issues came back. Mm -hmm. They didn't go away. Even though I was doing well um, physically, uh, I began to struggle with deeper depression now. Mm -hmm. PTSD yeah. setting and anxiety and panic attacks. I was having multiple panic, panic attacks a day. And I couldn't sleep, eat. I lost a, a lot of weight. But uh, to make a long story short, um, I uh, was in the hospital for 10 days in the mental health hospital to get medication and, and get my head on right. Uh, I left there and feeling good, but then I crashed again. So I did something that a lot of us will do. I love the church. I began to love the church again after the stroke. And I went to a church for help, and they didn't know how to help me. Uh -huh. So in essence, they were saying to be pray more, read your Bible more, trust God more. And by the way, here's some verses. Memorize these, and then when you feel that way, share them, you know, yeah. uh, commit them to memory and pray in faith. So, uh, but he didn't know the counselor, did, we were doing that. Yeah. He didn't understand the clinical side of my mental illness. So um, I'm passionate, we're passionate, Agora Network Ministry is passionate because many inside the walls of the church don't understand mental health. They don't know that there is help. Mm -hmm. And uh, so we want to provide resources and supports. And that's why I share my story. Yeah, that's so valuable uh, for anyone who might be thinking, oh, it's um, contradictory to think of a Christian that's dealing with mental yeah. illness mm -hmm. or uh, of a pastor who might suffer with mental illness. I think uh, from my own ex experience, and I've talked with you a bit, Alan, as well, that I've had my experience as well with depression and mental illness. And so that it's becoming clearer as time goes by that even inside the church, and we know outside of the church, as we see it in the news, uh, that there are lots of people who are dealing with things like anxiety and depression and mental illness. And uh, it is our desire as a church to be able to have that holistic sure, ministry yeah. that not only addresses people's spiritual mm -hmm. needs, but can be sensitive to their mental, emotional, and physical needs as yeah. well. And I'm wondering what your, your experience, you just shared a little bit of your experience of dealing with mental illness in the church and sharing that need in the church. And maybe that didn't go so well. It doesn't seem like it was very helpful. But for us as a congregation today, what are some things that we can learn from your maybe negative experience that would help us mm -mm. be more helpful today? Yeah, good question. And thank you for asking because uh, that's why we do what we do. We want to, number one, educate the church. So many people just don't know what mental health is. Mm -hmm. Everybody has mental health. It's either good or bad. It's either ugly or beautiful. And that's why our book is called The Beautiful Strokes of God, because he turns ugly. My stroke and my mental illness was very ugly, but he turned it into something beautiful for mm -hmm. his glory and my good. And now 
for the church as well and people of God and faith communities. So I, I believe what the church can understand or how they need to respond and that's the word not react but respond mm. because we react sometimes very badly when it comes yes. to mental health you know just pull up your bootstraps mm. like i said earlier trust god pray more yeah. but i think where it starts we have to educate our people so i think as a church uh, talk about it don't make it a taboo topic mm. or subject have resources supports um, and have um, local Christian um, therapists, and they're out there. Yes. And we are finding them all across Ontario and uh, other places that we're going to. And so um, as Agora, we can direct a church, a ministry. You know, Trevor and Julie also, what's important is how the pastor goes, goes to church. So many pastors right now, I went just in two conferences uh, this uh, we uh, this past weekend, last weekend, and we're here, and, and I, I knew this, but pastors are dropping like flies. Mm, yeah. They're burnt out, and they are leaving the ministry in groves, and it breaks my heart because we need pastors. We need ministry leaders, mm -hmm. and we need to help them be... Um, uh, ready and um, healthy holistically body soul and spirit right mm -hmm. so it's a learning process for the church but i'm glad that the church is now uh, um, uh, the church in general uh, i know this is vague <laughs> but i think they're starting to get it yeah Why they're not think, as afraid why do you think so many pastors are leaving the church and are burnt out yeah let me tell you why i did because mm -hmm. I didn't take care of my stress. Mm. Now, we often think that uh, once I take care of the stressor, then stress is gone, but it's not. Stress stays in our body. And so we don't know how to release the stress. So stress builds yes. until it's too late. Yes. And the elastic band breaks, <laughs> right? So uh, stress leads to burnout. Mm -hmm. And that's where I was. I I was burnt out, but I thought a greener grass, mm -hmm. um, new ministry, maybe a new job, maybe a new whatever would take care of my burnout. And but it didn't. <laughs> <laughs> so stress led to burnout, and my burnout led to a mental illness over many years. Mm -hmm. And so uh, pastors did. We're not aware of how unaware we are of our mo own mental mm -hmm. wellness because we we just do we're busy yeah. don't have time to take rest and sabbaticals and time for self-care i again at this conference i had a workshop called building resilience in the midst of min uh, ministry and we talked about self-care and uh, many pastors and Christian, many people across the board that feel that if I take care of myself, it's wrong. It's not godly. It's not, it's selfish, right? Mm -hmm. But no, we have to love on ourselves. It's okay to rest. It's okay to eat right. It's okay to take a sabbatical. It's okay to take six months off <laughs> if we need to, right? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I, I well, think that's important. I think our society glorifies busyness and productivity oh, yeah. and i think that that 
works against us because what happens in society, you know, bleeds into the church. It and sure does. That was, that's my story, Julie. Yeah. I, I'm a workaholic. I still <laughs> am. I'm trying to do better, but uh, that was me. Mm-hmm. And um, my family suffered. Mm-hmm. I suffered, and until me, my physical suffered with the stroke that happened to me. Yeah. Yeah. Now, Alan, uh, I, I get the sense uh, from your story, which we heard a bit on Sunday, and I've had the opportunity to talk with you yeah, outside yeah. of services, and I've actually read your book as well, The Beautiful Strokes of God, and I would recommend that to people. But I think you went through a period of time which you would say is sort of that when your mental illness was in full gear, sort of an ugly period of time when you didn't have anything much to offer and weren't feeling good about yourself. And it it seems to me that frequently that the discussion around mental health focuses in on the person who's actually suffering from the mental illness. However, just as I'm sure your wife Bonnie could confirm, being married to someone who's struggling with their mental health has got to be a huge burden, mm. just as it would be if it was a child or a parent or a close friend who's suffering. So I wonder, what would you share with those who aren't necessarily suffering from you know, recognizing their serious mental illness in their own lives, but they may be struggling, carrying the burden of coming alongside someone who's loved, a spouse, a child, you know, a parent or a grandparent who is dealing with mental illness. Yeah, another great question. So I'm coming up to five years since the stroke mm-hmm. and the magnification of my mental illness. Mm-hmm. So in the initial stages of my breakdown and stroke, my wife was very strong, very. She's a strong person in body, soul, and mind. And uh, she was caring for me uh, 24-7. And uh, actually, when I was in the hospital, I was so afraid that she had to sleep in the same room with three other guys with me. (laughs) (laughs) So that was an ordeal for her, but I was so panicked without her because I had the stroke alone without her. Mm-hmm. And I thought if she went again, I'm gonna stroke again and this time I may die, right? So I, I was very uh, dependent on her. And so for two years, she was my main caregiver. What I mean by that, now she still is my caregiver mm-hmm. because there's times when she has to say enough Stop doing stuff. Go rest. Have you eaten? Are you taking care of yourself? Are you walking? Are you doing things right? So she still has that um, caregiver role. And I probably will be for the rest of my life. But the initial two years was so hard on her that she had, when I got well, she crashed Mm -hmm. uh, deeply. And she's still trying to recover um, so, uh, you know, so she has um, had to be in therapy herself. Mm-hmm. Uh, couldn't work, still can't work at her job. Um, so it took a, a toll. Mm-hmm. And uh, the reason it did, because uh, in ministry, I think we're taught that you have to be a lone ranger sometimes mm-hmm. and don't ask for help because that's a sign of weakness. Yes. Uh, and so um, she didn't really reach out. And, uh, but that turned into a bad experience for her. Mm-hmm. 
She's doing much better, by the way. That's much cool. better. But people that are caregivers, it's important that you take care of yourself. Mm. Uh, there's all kinds of respite help out there. There's all kinds of things that are for the caregiver. Mm. And uh, we're developed in our ministry uh, the component around self-care and caregivers, I mean. Because that's an important road. Because mm-hmm. if my caregiver went down, surely I will go down, mm-hmm. right? So uh, it's like this. When you're on a plane and it's going down, <laughs> and uh, and the mask fall for air, yes. and they say, don't put it on the child first, put it on you first yeah. so that you don't pass out and the child, you know, so you put it on first and then the child. So as a caregiver, you really need to look here after yourself so you can look after the other. But uh, find mm-hmm. rest, find rest, talk about it, talk, bring people in. Don't be scared to ask for help. Mm-hmm. Does that answer, I uh, think, a little bit what yeah. you're asking? And I think yeah. it's a good word for us as a church community because we're a community mm-hmm. we want it. We want to do life together. Yeah. And we realize there could be a tendency when people are going dealing with mental illness to isolate from the group. Yes. But that's probably the time when we need each other more. And in a case where a spouse is is dealing with yeah. mental illness, uh, having someone from our church who would be a friend who could step in and be with that person, mm-hmm. so the person who's not suffering from mental illness could just right. go out and do something by themselves and not feel like they have to be present 24 hours a day by the side of their loved one who is suffering to try to find ways like that as a church where we can partner together help yeah. carry one another's burdens mm-hmm. and help uh, each other stay healthier you know trevor mm-hmm. and julie uh, what we're finding is finding is that talk therapy uh-huh. is one of the best therapies mm-hmm. So if you're not talking to someone about how you're feeling, uh-huh. either as a caregiver as, or one that has a mental disorder or illness or struggle, then you're missing out on um, mm-hmm. some help and healing eventually. So talk. Find someone that you can trust, right? Mm-hmm. Just not anybody. You know, like If you trust the uh, mailman, talk to him. Uh-huh. <laughs> Yeah, it sounds like it's a good word. Even mm-hmm. even when like we're on this continuum of mental health, from poor to excellent, but wherever mm-hmm. we are on that scale, to yes. be sure we're open with other people about how we're feeling, yeah. how we're managing life, the stress, yeah, yeah. and what our needs are. And when yeah. people ask me today, "How are you doing?" I'm honest now. Uh-huh. I don't mm-hmm. say I'm fine. Uh, I'm yeah. when I'm not, you know. And um, one my pastor at our church. Uh, sometimes I will go up to him and he will say, how you doing? I'm saying, not good today. And so anyway, the other day he said, "Um, when I ask you that question and you say you're not doing good, what do you mean? And so he allowed me to tell him what that meant, right? Mm -hmm. And so I I think we have to go a little farther when people say to us, I'm not doing good today. So let's talk about it. Validate their feelings and appreciate where they come from and value the person because many times they want to they might want to talk to you and we say oh that's good have a great day uh, right yeah. and uh, i think we miss an opportunity to minister to the person mm, yeah that's uh those missed opportunities yeah. are hard to they're hard to deal with you know and they as are. as you said it's um I think sometimes even asking, I don't know that we always want the real answer when we ask, 
How are you? Yeah. We want you to say you're fine. Oh, yeah. I, I don't want to get messy. <laughs> no, yeah. that's right. right. I think we're afraid to get our hands dirty sometimes. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, we have, to, as a church, as the local church, the body of Christ, Jesus got his hands dirty, mm-hmm. right? He uh, touched people uh, and healed them and talked to them. He got down on their level. I, I, the, the woman, um, this, the woman that was caught in adultery, mm-hmm. you know, he got down on the ground with her, I think. He advocated and protected her when they all wanted to stone her. Mm-hmm. And so I, I really believe he didn't stand up when he was talking down to her. I think he got down in the dirt with her. Mm-hmm. and put his arm around to protect her. And that's what we have to do for any situation, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Be the, the hands and the feet and the arms and, of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is great, and it's good to have this conversation because a huge part of what we need to do, I believe, is to learn um, because it's something that hasn't been talked about. We don't have mm-hmm. you know, maybe great information about how to be helpful and what to do when people are dealing with mental illness. Mm -hmm. And you and Bonnie, thankfully, have started Agora Network Ministries Mission. And we're learning how that organization has resources that can help us as a community Mm -hmm. of faith, as a church. But I'm also wondering, like, as our people are listening today, they might be individuals or couples or families that are listening, whether there are resources that Mm -hmm. Agora Network Ministries has that could help our listeners or their families yeah for for sure um so my wife and i wrote this book and it's a good book to just get the conversation going Mm -hmm. to to understand our story because our story is our story but many 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 people suffer with the same things we did but it also talks about what is mental health Mm -hmm. illness and how does the church function in that scope uh, but uh, we just recently had one of our uh, uh, ministry team members write a complimentary workbook. So people mm-hmm. can take the book and the workbook and um, do it on their own. But we are really trying to push small groups like that's facilitate people and have them talk about what they're learning in this study. But that's one thing so we have a number of different um, psychotherapists christian uh, social workers and psychotherapists Mm -hmm. that do one-on-one counseling and if people are looking for a counselor they can uh, knock on our door and we can give them a few um, people to uh, uh, seek out Uh, we have a number of uh, we started last year what's called the agora academy and this is opportunity for people to um, come on our courses. We have a number of courses and developing more as we get into the fall and next year. But these courses educate and train people and disciple people because mm-hmm. we feel, I feel that this ministry can't be effective for the believer if we're not discipling mm. as well. Yes. So we deal with clinical, but we deal with biblical principles and that's what the workbook is but our agora academy we have uh we have a seminar uh, um, um, uh, suicide awareness Mm -hmm. we uh, have a lady on our board and she's with uh, um, the canadian commission of mental health in canada she teaches the uh, mental health 101 course 
So that's virtually. Uh, we have a seminar that we do called Building Res, um, no, 911 responder mm -hmm. uh, seminar so we come in for four hours and we teach people about depression anxiety and personality disorder because many people inside the walls of the church have a personality disorder and so we we don't understand why they react or respond mm -hmm. or say the things they do right and so but in that seminar we talk about how the church can then minister what 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 would the um, mental health ministry look like? Mm -hmm. And then we can come back and train people into a ministry that uh, probably is a small group, right? Uh, and then we have our uh, six-week course that we started last year. Uh, we're doing our third. Uh, it's called Building Resilience. And it's a six-week educational skill um, uh, practical course that is taught by a Niagara College professor mm -hmm. and she's on our board as well and she's a psychotherapist Christian lady and she deals with modalities of therapy uh, suicide harm uh, depression anxiety and it gets much deeper mm -hmm. so people can walk away with a lot of understanding but a lot of skills to help mm -hmm. them right so we need the skills to help us understand so that's some of what we can offer right now and we're also building a course on self-care and burnout mm -hmm. and that will be in the fall and we have a great conference coming up oh. it's called the perseverance conference so last year we had the conference for the first time mm -hmm. one of our speakers was kane warren of saddleback and was great to have her and uh, but this year we have our uh, conference it's virtual international conference and uh, it's in september on september 10th and we have three speakers elizabeth manling she's the sweetheart of canada that won the figure skating olympic uh, silver medalist in uh, eight, 1988. i thought the name sounded yeah familiar. yeah and she lives in toronto area Oh, good. So she's going to be talking about building resilience. And then we have Corey Hirsch, and he's a, a, a goaltender. He played for the Vancouver Canucks, mm -hmm. and uh, he talks about his own struggle in the in, in NHL, but he also is going to talk about how to navigate as a parent with their child that's suffering with mental wellness. Mm -hmm. And then we have Dr. Carolyn Leaf, and she has so many uh, words behind her name, but she's a neuro or something. <laughs> and she's going to talk about the soul versus the brain. And how the soul goals will determine how the brain functions. Mm. And so uh, we're excited about this. And people can start registering. And we're looking for churches to host, being uh, host simulcast location as well so we have a number that are doing that across canada but uh, anyway that's what we can offer and i know that's a long story oh, but agora, agora ministries is, has developed already in the short time three and a half years yeah. you've developed a lot of yeah. uh, significant resources that can help a lot of people mm -hmm. yeah. and are in the midst of developing more and we're excited as a church to be in thank you uh, in the loop mm -hmm. and Trinity. being able to start taking advantage of some of those things yeah. I have a copy of your book here um, that's The Beautiful Strokes of God and addresses mental illness, healing, and the church. These were made available with the workbooks on Sunday, and some mm -hmm. of you may have picked those up already. 
I'm hoping we can get a copy or two in our church library if some of you missed mm-hmm. that, or you could reach out to Agora Ministries directly to get a copy. And on the back of the book, it says, um, if you have struggled with your mental health or illness or have a loved one who is struggling, this book will bring hope and shine a light on the darkness of despair. So it has a lot of good resources there. And, and let me do one more thing. If sure. people uh, didn't buy a book uh, yesterday and they can't afford a book, email me and I will make sure that you get a book. Okay? Now, I will give away five books. Five books to the first five people from Wayne Fleet BIC Church that email me and say, can you, even if you can't afford it or can't, if you email me, the first five will get a book free. Thank you, Alan. That's very generous. Can you share your email address? And yeah, I will put sure. it in the comments as so well. So it's Alan, A L L A N, at Agora Network Ministries.com. Thank you very much. We will put that in the comments of Please. this. Um, this podcast as well so that you can email Alan if you have or even if you have other questions or would like to learn more about Agora Ministries you can email him as well and also check out their website yeah it's hard for me to say that (laughs) word agoranetworkministries.com wonderful so head on over there and check that out Um, Thank you so much, Alan, and to Bonnie as well for being here yesterday with us and sharing your story and being such a great resource. We appreciate you and we're glad to to link arms with you. Thank you. Um, Great to be here. Thank you. And uh, Pastor Trevor, thank you as well. And um, we're glad that you tuned in today and uh, we look forward to connecting with you again next week. Have a great week.